Greetings all. My name is David McGrew. Pastor Brent asked me if I would be willing to do a video blog for the men that are about men, for men, that kind of thing. And I'm so honored to do it. A little bit about me. I haven't sent my bio in yet, but a little bit about me. Uh, Gene and I came out for the United States like 41 years ago with the idea of starting a church. We brought our two little ones with us at the time. And we came up and started the church. We didn't know anyone. We had just been to British Columbia once before God dealt with and changed our hearts. And we were so enthralled with what the Lord Jesus was going to do in the nation in the course of our lifetime that we were determined to be a part of it. So we came up here and have spent a career pastoring. Most of the time we've been in British Columbia. One small stint, we lived in Ontario at a place called Woodstock, pastored a church there, and we've worked with ministry organizations, helped found some ministry organizations from the earliest days that we were here and are still busy. I'm currently the vice president of Ministers Network, uh, which Pastor Brent and Barbara belong to, and we are so excited to see what God's doing across the land. So, I'm fundamentally a teacher, pastor, those kind of things. I want to encourage you in the Word of God, and I want to talk to you a bit about being uh, being a man. I'm going to tell you a quick, short story, a funny story. At least I thought it was funny. Probably you know, 25 years ago, maybe 30, maybe 30 years ago, uh, I had a fellow in my church, had a man in my church, who whose family, whose life was out of control. Uh, he was a wonderful man. I, I, I loved him. I still love him. I'm still in fellowship with him. He's doing well in life. He's, like all of us, not got all of his problems fixed up yet. But anyhow, I had a running series of conversations, counseling sessions with him about trying to help get his family, his, his everyday life into order, everything from his marriage to his children. And... Uh, he knew his Bible. We both knew our Bible, and we could come to a place where we didn't know what else to say. And always before the session was over, I really, really loved him. And in an effort to express my love, I'd say to him, I, I really love you. You're, you're a good man. You're a good man, I'd say. One day after I'd said it a half a dozen or eight times, he said to me, did I ever tell you that every time you tell me that you're a, that I'm a good man, you that I want to smack you? <laughs> I just busted out laughing. Uh, I, I thought it was hilarious because intuitively he touched on a point that both of us knew, but we couldn't quite speak into reality clearly. We didn't have the vocabulary for it or perhaps the experience for it yet. And that's that's this. There's a difference between being a good man and being good at being a man. And most of us have been content to be good men. That means when the church needed an extra offering, we put some more money in. That meant when somebody had to move, we helped if we had to when they needed it. It meant that we could be counted on to be at the right place at the right time and to be somewhat reliable. Uh, in fact, I would say that as a Christian, uh, that spirit that works on the inside of all of us is always working us to, to make us into better human beings and to be better citizens and to be more moral. 
But you got to know that being a Christian is not about your citizenship. It's not about your morality. Jesus Christ did not come to make you a better version of yourself. He didn't come to make me a better version of myself or a better citizen. He came to give me spiritual life. And the spiritual life, the spinoffs of spiritual life are good citizenship. They're good being a good family man. They're being, being a good citizen. They're being a, a good man in helping people. But you've probably figured out by now that being a good man doesn't really touch the deep place of identity in your own heart, in your own soul, about who you are and about what you're supposed to do. They're, they're distinctly different functions because most of what we attribute to being a good man are things that we could also say were, were good about being a good woman. Uh, they were good character traits. They were good philosophies. They were good, they were good relationship principles. And that's sometimes that's, that's all we can ever manage to get ourselves into. But today I want to encourage you to make a further step and to have the courage and to have the strength to, to maybe you've done this already, move into another realm to where you're not prepared to be alone, where you don't need the validation of other people all of the time about everything you do, that you don't need their endorsement or their understanding that somewhere through your relationship with the Lord, you develop an intimacy that is capable of, of you hearing through that walk you've developed with him, when he tells you to do something that nobody else is required to do, when he's capable of telling you to lay down your life and make a sacrifice, when he's telling you to build and to expand, and we all know the fundamental truths of what it means to be a man are encoded in us, in our DNA. They go clear back to the book of Genesis when God told Adam to, to keep the garden, to guard the garden, and to expand into the world. He said, go in all the earth and do these things. And God's not changed his format, and what flows in us as men is not changed as human beings, but particularly as men. We still have a drive to protect, to guard what God's given us, to keep it, to nurture it, to develop it. And all of us have some kind of a drive to expand, particularly in this context, maybe with the kingdom of God. So you can, you can look at your life. You can look at my life in the areas where I've uh, lock, lost luster about keeping what God's given me, where I've lost interest in, in guarding it and nurturing it, and making it be the best it can be. And those areas where I've, uh, grown weary of trying to expand and move out and, and increase my world around me, everything from having children to, to in my case, traveling the world and preaching, traveling my share of the world and preaching, uh, whatever it is, we are all created to recreate ourselves and to develop that recreation and to extend it into the world. So in my life, in your life, when you get hemmed in, you get hindered. Uh, you don't want to. You don't want to do what you're called to do. You don't want to play your part. You're weary with it. You're worn out. Uh, you don't care if it flourishes. You don't know when the last time you watered your heart was. Those kind of things. Those indicate not just that you and I need a personal state of revival. And I may be telling on myself here. 
you may you may be facing those facts that you need to increase in those things that revival but at the same time you can see what's being assaulted is your very essence of masculinity your manhood so being a good man is a noble and a wonderful thing being good at being a man uh, requires a strength to press into unknown areas and to face the unknown that is best done, that is most healthily done through your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ from a base of conviction in your own heart. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, what I'm certain is a very clear remembered portion of scripture, probably have the letters taught off the page in your life, but it says in verse 13, Paul out of the ESV said, be watchful, stand firm in the faith. This says, act like men. Some translations say, play the man's part. Be strong, let all that you do be done in love. Just an exhortation from, from this one verse, from these two verses. When he says, act like men, it's, it's a wonderful thought to me because what it implies is that sometimes, sometimes we just have to act like what we think a man is. Sometimes we have to act like what the scripture says a man is because we've lost sight of it in our own heart you have to stand back and say, huh, if I were going to be manly today, what would I do? <laughs> if I was going to play the man's part, if I was, if I happened to be a man, what would be my response to this situation? What is the response of watchfulness? What is the, re the response of standing firm? What is the response of being strong? What is the response of doing all of this in love? If I was going to do that, what would it look like? And then having the integrity and the strength to move forward and just regardless of what yelled at you and harassed you and poked at you and hurt you, that you would, no matter what you felt like, no matter what the voices you heard said, that you would just stay on that course and walk your way through. So when he says in this verse, be watchful, I don't think I thought a while ago, I thought, well, he's not talking about watching YouTube, is he? He's talking like it says in Matthew chapter 26 about being watchful unto prayer. Being watchful unto prayer. Paul made references about watchings and that kind of things, different translations. He's talking about being up at night and, and looking over what God's given you to do, particularly in those tenuous seasons where it doesn't seem to be going real good where you have to watch it and where you have to stay in faith instead of just enduring what's going to happen, just waiting for the other shoe to drop, so to speak. He said, be watchful, pay attention to it, and implies in that verse that you can do something about it. He said, stand firm in the faith. So when forces push back against your faith, you don't yield, you don't retreat at the first sign of opposition, but you stand in your faith not just for yourself, but in your faith for those lives that are spread around you. Act like men, be strong. And this is perhaps something, while all of us can be strong in our faith, this is an admonition that goes clear back to what Moses told Joshua from the Lord, what the Lord told Joshua 
Be strong, be of good courage, be strong, be of good courage, be strong. In the first chapter of Joshua, it's mentioned a number of times, be strong and be of good courage. But that is fundamentally a choice. That's not about capacity. That's not about ability. It begins with the choice that you're going to be strong enough to persevere, to push back against what's coming at you. And then he says, he says here, let all things be done in love. So I don't think I just fell out of the sky at an inopportune place. I think he's saying if you're not careful, you can become so strong that you get hard, that you can become so strong that you that you don't have any sympathy for the people or the situations around you. And love is the modifier to make sure that you treat everything and everyone with the dignity, with the honor that comes from God that you should. So, you know, in my world, when I grew up as a boy, Strong was a big issue. We were pushed towards masculinity. We were pushed towards the strongest of men. We didn't feel much. We didn't talk much. We just either broke things or we either built things and we didn't have any great feelings about what was going on. As a born again believer, spirit filled believer, I had to learn how to cry again. I had to learn how to be touched again. I'm not sure that you have a hard time believing that. I had to learn how to be impacted by what was real, but yet intangible. Emotions, feelings, thoughts. I had to learn how to not be driven by those things so that I surrendered my position in Christ where I surrendered. I surrendered my position in, in life and just was driven down the river of life wherever the current decided to take me but that I made my choices, I stood firm in them, and I made sure, and by the grace of God, I do that to the best of my ability every day, that I, tr that I in strength, not in weakness, in strength, treat people with the dignity, with the capacity, with the love of God to make the best out of them that they can be. So what I want to encourage you with is to act like a man, and here's what I want you to do. I want you in the inevitable moment, probably even on this day, when somebody comes up and hurts your feelings, your wife, your wife, your wife, your wife, and makes you feel rejected, that you make a point not to push back, that you make a point to love her because God loves her and not because of her willingness or her ability to receive your love or her worthiness to receive your love. You receive, you, you pour that love out as the initiator, as the strength in your life, and don't even have any expectations of what you get back. Learn how to love, and you'll learn how to be a man. Thank you very much, because the ultimate man was Christ Jesus, who loved the world and poured his life out for their salvation. That's what your calling is. That's where you're going. Thank you very much for the time. I hope that this was helpful, worthwhile, some on some fashion. Bless you all. God give you grace. God give you strength. God make you a man he can count on in these days to build his kingdom.